This is the Practical Homeopathy Podcast, episode number 113. Joe at Calabrese here, folks. I'm happy that you've joined me for my podcast today. You're in for a treat. From my virtual classroom, I'm privileged to see how homeopathy is transforming lives all over the globe. Their successes inspire me. They're glorious and powerful, and I can't keep their triumphs a secret. I want you to hear the excitement my students experience too, so you can be inspired by the unique stories. So with the help from Kate, my reporter, I bring you a podcast series I call Moms with Moxie. Sometimes we even interview dads with audacity or teens with tenacity. See how regular mothers and others, average folks who love healing those around them, have gone from freaking to fabulous by simply applying what they've learned using what I call practical homeopathy. Welcome back to the Practical Homeopathy Podcast. Today, I have a mom with Moxie here, and it is very exciting. If you are at all interested in leading gateway groups, you're going to want to sit down and listen to this podcast because she has something exciting to share with you. So this mom with Moxie, her name is Julie, and she feels called to the healing arts, and I can see that in her. I'm very excited to get to know her better and to hear more about her story as I'm sure you all are. So I'd like to welcome Julie to the podcast. Hi, Julie. Hi, Kate. It's great to have you here. I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about how you've transitioned from being a nurse to now using homeopathy, which you feel is, like Joette says, God's medicine. And so I'm very excited to hear about your journey and how you've led nine gateway to homeopathy study groups in the past year. Julie, you just came to find out about Joette a year ago, and you've already led nine groups along with a friend of yours through the gateway one and gateway two. So But before we get to that, I want to give you an opportunity to just introduce yourself to the listeners. Sure, Kate. I was a nurse for about 12 years in pretty much every area of the hospital that you could imagine. I did infectious disease. I did cardiac for a while. The emergency department was the longest. I did enjoy the emergency room, but I I did a little experiment while I was in the emergency room. I asked patients who came into the triage base what their medications were for. And I said, I know what they're for, but do you know what they're for? And invariably, they would tell me they did not know what they were for. And then we go to the next one and they would say, oh, that one, I know what that one's for. That's to, you know, heal the side effects of this one. And it just went on down the line. So I started seeing a really clear pattern there with the medicines that we were giving through the system of medicine. And eventually through some life circumstances, found homeopathy and switched over. Tell me about that transition, Julie. You just decided I just can't do this anymore because I'm not seeing these patients get better long-term. How did you make that switch? Well, the switch was with my son, Um, my oldest son, he was getting croup. It was like clockwork twice a year. 
And that would probably be my first really true introduction to homeopathy because I thought there has got to be a better way. We would take him into the ER twice a year. His oxygen stats were super low. I'd have to rush there. I was so worried that they were going to have to intubate him every single time that we went. And he would get shots of racemic epi, which required heart monitoring. And he would get decadron, which were steroid shots. And they were giving him horrible night terrors that we couldn't wake him from. And it was taking forever for him to get well. And I just knew that it was because he wasn't getting rest and he wasn't getting what he needed. His body in some way wasn't getting what it needed. So I just had this feeling in the pit of my stomach that something needed to change. And so I prayed about it. And um, there was one day that I thought, "Hmm, I wonder if these little blue tubes of medicine could help. So I started searching on the internet and I found a protocol for croup. And it was really strange to me because you would give a certain medicine after midnight, a certain medicine after one and a certain one after two. But I thought stranger things have happened before I'm going to try this. So the very next time he got croup, um, instead of, you know, trying nebulizers and medicines and, you know, sitting in with the warm shower, going out in the cold, none of it helped. Instead of doing that, I just gave him the medicines that were indicated for that time frame. And it worked. I hate to say like magic, but it was truly like magic. The next time he got it, he came up and he seemed very fearful. And so I gave him aconite. He went back to sleep like within a couple of minutes. And I never heard another croup cough from him after that. So, wow. Isn't that exciting? It's so funny how you said (laughs) those little blue tubes, (laughs) probably talking about the boron. Yeah. And you had told me earlier that you had been using homeopathy before this, but you really didn't know much about it. I didn't. I'd been giving teething tablets and the um, stuff for colic and that kind of thing for babies. I had twins as well as my oldest. And I remember standing at the foot of their cribs and watching one of them sleep for 45 minutes and one of them cry for 45 minutes and then switching it up. And so we started giving him some homeopathy and it kind of helped smooth things out for us. So I knew there was something to this. You found homeopathy and you used the classical approach for a while. And then you had a friend call you one day. Tell us that story. So two of my friends from here, Shelly and Callie are their names. We get together quite often and we go for walks and we were at the nature center. And one of my friends who has, she just moved to Virginia at the time, but she texted and she wanted uh, for us to join a homeopathy group. And I was like, oh, I don't know what this is even. Like I was kind of confused. And she said, you know, it's a seven week curriculum. Someone, you know, this other gal has written, her name is Joette Calabrese and we just will study this together. And I thought, well, it sounds kind of interesting. I'll bite. The two friends that were on the walk with me, I said, Hey, you guys, I just got invited to this homeopathy class and you guys need to take it with me. And at first they were a little bit hesitant, but then I talked them into doing it with me. And The rest is history there because uh, one of them actually, Callie, joined me in co-leading these classes because at the end, we both decided that we didn't want to stop studying. We wanted to keep learning and we wanted to spread it to a lot of other moms and, and dads and teens and kids and anyone we could tell. 
And since that time, you've led how many study groups again? I think it's around nine. And this last one absolutely exploded on us. We have 23 people in our group. There was one previous that had 20. That was one of our first groups. And we have referrals. I keep a list now that's a waiting list for people that want to get into the next Gateway One. So it's exciting. And that's nine groups through Gateway One and Gateway Two. So it's not just nine, you know, different ones. It's all the way through that you've gone with nine different groups. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, that's very exciting. For those people who are listening and want to get their friends to know more about homeopathy because they want to share this with their friends, what would you say to them as to how to go about starting a study group or even looking for other people to join a study group? We like to say that this is generational blessings because we truly believe that when um, members of a family are on the same page, that it's much easier to treat kids, grandkids, you know, it's so much easier to get on the phone with your mom or your grandmother or your aunt or somebody who already knows about homeopathy and talk about ways to heal your family. And so in order to get a, a group together, what I would suggest is to ask those in your family first and ask your closest friends. And then it will grow from there because everyone else will see how wonderful it is and they will refer others. So how do you explain what this is? What, <laughs> when you invite them into this group, what do you tell people? I tell people that it's a natural way of healing that is non-toxic, completely safe. And I just tell them stories of how many successes I've had with this in my own family and with my friends and pretty much everyone I meet. My husband laughs at me because he knows I can't keep my mouth shut about this. If anyone comes to me and starts talking about their health issues, he knows right away that I'm going to start saying, oh, well, you should do this. You should try this. And eventually they'll end up coming to our house and then we'll talk about it more. That's great. (laughs) I love that. The homeopathy evangelist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we all who get to know and love homeopathy, uh, so excited. You just can't keep it to yourself. Thank you for sharing those tips. All right. You have so many stories to tell. You wrote a huge list. You could probably go on for hours telling us stories, but why don't you pick some of your uh, most memorable homeopathy success stories and share them with us? Okay. So I'm going to tell the first story about my great-grandmother-in-law, Bernice, because she I told her about being on this podcast and she was so excited and she okayed me telling the story because she thought it was so incredible and she's all in with homeopathy. So she's always, you know, calling and asking, what can I take? And, hey, I'm really tired today. Is there something I can take? And she's nearly 90. She's 89. She'll be 90 in October. She had some family over and she fell their little four-year-old I guess started in front of her and it kind of threw off her balance and she fell over a chair and she didn't break any bones thankfully but she got this huge hematoma on her leg and it was really hurting her so she had me just feel it you know through her pants and it was it was big and it was really sore for her and so I had Arnica 1M with me in my purse and I gave her a dose of that she said within a day or two that it started, the swelling started receding and she started feeling better. Within about five days, she said the bruise had gone down significantly. And then we met with her the next week for a family dinner. And she said, 
it's still there. It hurts a tiny bit, but not nearly as bad. And this is way faster than any of my other injuries have gone away. And so I gave her one more dose of the Arnica 1M. And then by the following week, she said she was almost completely healed of that. She was really blown away because she said anytime she'd had a bruise that deep, it had never gone away that fast. Oh, how sweet that your grandmother loves homeopathy. Yeah, Yeah, that's nice. It's very rewarding to be able to help our family members. All right, tell us another. My family in Kansas really wanted me to tell this one. My brother, okay, so my mom has taken this class with us. I think she's gone through Gateway 1 twice and she's gone through Gateway 2 once, I believe. But anyway, they were getting ready to come out and see us. And my brother had just bought a bull. And as you know, for a farmer, that's a huge expense. And the bull got something called hoof rot, which is basically an infection in the hoof. He couldn't just leave it at home. He really wanted to come, but he said, well, I can't just leave the bull home when he's sick and expect someone else to take care of that. So I told my mom, I said, you better get out the homeopathy if y'all plan on coming. So we researched what to do for the bull. We finally decided on Belladonna 200, Merck Soul. I can't remember the potency on that one. Arnica. She also gave some roost tox and some ruta, and she put them in his water trough. They also sprayed his, his hoof with the topical iodine and copper sulfate. And they sprayed Hepar Sulf 30 on his nose a couple of times a day. They began that protocol on a Friday evening. And by Sunday, they said there was marked improvement and that he began putting weight on that leg. And then by the time they were ready to come, they were able to come because he was completely better. They didn't have to even call the vet out. So for those of you with cows, cattle, horses, take note of this story because I know it's a big problem. I had horses and it's a really exciting story. So thank you. That's awesome. Another story is that I had a family member who was having severe panic attacks She was talking about her left arm hurting really bad and the the top of her head felt like it was about to blow off and palpitations with her heart and her breathing was really fast. And from working in the ER, I knew that it was either a heart issue or a panic attack because they look a lot alike. I did advise her to just go into the ER and have a couple of rhythm strips run to make sure that her heart was okay. And they drew some labs, I think, and they did some testing and she came back and she said, no, they said it was anxiety and they wanted to give me a prescription for that. I guess she just took the prescription and went home, but she didn't fill it. I've taken the mindful course from Joette and I had no idea how useful that would come in, especially this last year with everything that's gone on. A lot of people are having anxiety and panic and many issues from from everything. But the mindful course is where I got the AAA anxiety protocol. And also we decided that she had pretty severe depression. And so I also started the RM 200 every third day on her. She said within 24 hours, she felt so much more calm and She ended up not needing the AAA remedy after the first two or three doses in 24 hours and the RM kind of took over. It's been a couple months since this and she's now saying that she feels like she could probably even go off the RM. Her anxiety has been kind of longstanding and it's not something that has been related to this past year, although I will say the past years contributed some to it, but all in all, she feels way better. For those of you who are wondering what Medicine Julie is saying, she's talking about Aurum Metallicum, that's A-U-R-U-M 
Metallicum. Joette did a podcast where she talked about the difference between Aura Metallicum and Ignatia. That podcast is podcast number 69, and it's titled Life's a Tragedy. So if you want to hear more about differentiating between those medicines, Ignatia or Metallicum and Coffea, then that is a great podcast to listen to. Yeah, because I debated between the Ignatia and the Aurum, but then after I listened to that, I thought it is absolutely Aurum for her. Another story, and not actually a story, but this is something I use regularly on my boys. They grow really fast, and so they're always having growing pains right before bed. I give them CalcFos 6X plus MagFos 6X, and they get relief from that really quickly, and they can go to bed and go to sleep then. Wonderful. And what about your mom? So my mom had some major health issues, and she'd been seeing a naturopath for them. They were mainly gut-related. She'd been seeing a naturopath for about four years. She'd spent a lot of money. She was taking so many supplements that every time I looked at their kitchen table, I just couldn't believe she could get all those down and still have room for a meal. So she walked into his office one day and he told her that they were halfway there. And she said, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Really? Only halfway? I thought we were almost done. And he goes, no, we're halfway there. And so she and I talked that day and I, and she said, I just can't continue to see him for another four years and spend another time this amount of money that we've already spent. But I could tell that she was still not feeling well. The naturopath had gotten her to a certain point where she was off a lot of her medications and she was feeling better, but it just wasn't complete and it had been such long, slow progress. And so I said, mom, why don't you try doing homeopathy? And so we sat down, took her case and put her on a bunch of different protocols. I was a little bit unsure of myself yet at that point because I thought, well, I know Joette says don't do more than, you know, this amount of protocols. And I think we were like one over or something like that. So I didn't really know how it would go, but she was willing to be the guinea pig. We just kind of piecemealed our way through it. And uh, she told me just the other day that within six months of being on the homeopathy, that her issues were 90% resolved. Um, so there's still a few little things that she's working on, but I just got the pain course because one of her issues is pain. And I think that that will really help to resolve the remaining issues that she has. Wow. Six months versus another four years. I bet she's thrilled. Yeah, she is. Mm. She is. She's a believer for life, I think. (laughs) I bet. So another time my boys got some sort of really odd illness where they would wake up at around 2 a.m. just screaming in pain. And they were holding onto their legs. And I thought, what, what is this? I'd never even seen anything like it. And then they had some sort of odd rash on their one cheek. It was very bright red and just kind of right underneath their eye. And they told me that they were having cramping in their legs. My husband is a firefighter and he was working another 48-hour shift, of course, when this happened. I didn't want to run to the store because I didn't want to have to take them with me when they weren't feeling well to go to the store. I was going to go to the store because I only had a few pellets left of aconite and a few of belladonna. And I knew that if they all three got the same illness, whatever it was, that I wouldn't have enough to give everyone. So I used Joette's method of diluting or making an an aqueous dose 
and I gave them each a teaspoonful and they kind of felt like dominoes. One morning it was one kid, you know, early in the morning. And then the next day it was another kid. And then the next day it was the next one. After I gave them the two remedies that I mentioned, they fell back into a really peaceful sleep. And I decided on Belladonna because the redness on the one cheek was the rationale and the aconite because of the severe and quick onset. And they also seemed really fearful of the pain, which they're boys, they don't really fear pain, but this seemed like they were very scared. They all three, after every dose of that, fell back into a peaceful sleep. I was talking with a friend shortly after who had been in our first Gateway One group, and she'd been having the same leg cramping. And she had been walking around at night because she said that's the only thing she could do. It just was hurting so badly and it wouldn't let up. And I said, for how many nights? And she said, oh, like the last five nights this has been going on and she hadn't been getting any sleep. And so I said, well, my boys were complaining of something similar. And so I decided on aconite and belladonna for them. And she took it and she texted me the next day and she said, oh my gosh, it actually worked. And I was able to go back to sleep. And she said, you know, I had to wake up once at night and take it. And then she was able to get, I think she said like five hours of sleep that night. And then hers went away too. Wow. Whatever it was. <laughs> she was probably yeah. wishing she had that the first night that that started. Yeah. I just think that, you know, she had no idea what it was. I mean, I thought it was probably some sort of viral illness because of the way the boys went down, you know, one after the other. Yeah. What an odd illness. Yeah. I know. And we have had a rash of chickens die as well. My son for his fifth birthday wanted chickens. And so we got a whole bunch of chickens for him. He loves chickens and they just all started dying. And it was this weird illness where they would kind of spread out one wing and it looked like they were having trouble breathing. And then in a few minutes they would be gone. So I called our County extension office and they referred me out to a vet. And he said that it sounded like Merck's. So I had the diagnosis. So I thought, okay, this is what Joette says to do. Find the diagnosis and then look it up. And so that's what I did. And I found online, it was some sort of chicken rubric from India. And it said for Merck's disease for chickens to give um, causticum. So I dissolved causticum in a little bit of filtered water and I just put it in their water weekly. I just did it weekly. and. We have had no more chicken death after that. And the two that we have now look really, really healthy. So I think we can finally get more chickens in the in the spring here. Oh, that's so cute that your son wanted chickens for his birthday. Yeah. How sweet. Yeah. He says he'd like to be a farmer. So. Oh, <laughs> very cute. You did exactly what Joette says to do when we don't know what medicine to give. We can Google these things, right? You can put in the name of the condition and homeopathy and Joette Calabrese, or maybe, you know, if you can't find it on her site, just name of the condition and homeopathy. There's so much information on the internet. I got permission from a friend to share this one too. And I'm really glad she gave permission because it's a great story. Her husband recently had a hip replacement and they gave him spinal anesthesia for the surgery. And as a nurse, I know that sometimes spinal anesthesia can stop 
bowels and bladder from working properly after the surgery. When he woke up after the surgery, he couldn't use the bathroom. He couldn't urinate. Friend that I lead Gateway One groups with, she actually was able to look up in her new Materia Medica because she said, Oh, I just read this. So she looked it up and it was causticum for that one too. And so he took it, he fell asleep, which the wife said was amazing because he hadn't slept in a long time. And when he woke up, I guess he was able to go to the bathroom. So it worked even, you know, after surgery because of the drugs he was given during the surgery. So how many times did you say that he took the causticum? I believe she said just once. And she also said when he woke up that he was vomiting a lot. So she gave him Nux Vomica for that. Oh. And that really helped with the vomiting from the anesthesia. Okay. Wow. I bet she was super excited about that. Yeah. So Julie, you shared with us a lot of stories and these have been really fun and exciting to hear how you learned more and more about homeopathy and you've led these study groups. So since you've gained all this wisdom over these last several years of using homeopathy, would you mind sharing with us some tips that you would have for the listeners? Sure. Some advice that I would give to others um, is something that we talked about just with the chicken advice in that if you don't know what remedy to give, or maybe there's not a protocol that you can always Google. You can use a repertory. That's what I've done many times to look up these remedies. And I know it doesn't give you a potency or frequency on them, but I normally will go with Joette's advice on that and start with a 30 or a 200 because she said those are pretty safe bets to start with. My other piece of advice is that I really believe that it's important to have gateway groups so that you can surround yourself with homeopathy-minded friends and family. It's been really a blessing in my life to have friends that I can call on when my kids are sick or there's something going on with some of my friends or my family. So when I'm not thinking straight, they can think straight for me. Yes, that is so important. You've really been an encouragement, I know, to so many who are listening. So thank you for taking the time to do this. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Kate. It's been a delight. And for those of you who are looking for a study group, I'm sure Julie will be <laughs> offering more in the future. So yeah, he's very sweet. So I'm sure you would love her group. All right. Thanks again. Thanks, Kate. As I hope you know by now, on my blog, podcasts, and Facebook Live, I offer as many protocols for simple conditions as I can for free without affiliates or advertising. But let me be clear, when it comes to more complex conditions, it's key that you learn how to use these medicines properly. I want you to be well-trained. So I save discussions of the more involved methods for my courses in which I walk students through each method with step-by-step -step training. In these podcasts, I focus on those students of mine who have already tunneled in and learned how to take care of themselves, family and friends and pets, and even livestock using homeopathic medicine. Many of these students began their education by participating in one of my Gateway to Homeopathy study groups. And now, after taking one or more of my courses, they're well-trained to use my specific brand of homeopathy. 
I hope listening to this podcast has inspired you to follow in their footsteps. With the proper training, you too can nurture and protect the health of your family and loved ones with practical homeopathy. You just listened to a podcast from practicalhomeopathy.com, where nationally certified homeopath, public speaker, and author Joette Calabrese shares her passion for helping families stay strong through homeopathy. Joette's podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, Pandora, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening to this podcast with Joette Calabrese. To learn more and find out if homeopathy is a good fit for your health strategy, visit practicalhomeopathy.com.